Black Joy. Black Joy. <laughs> Black Joy is hallelujah. Black Joy is embedded in me. Is infectious. Black Joy is unapologetic. Black Joy is revolutionary. Black Joy is magic. Black Joy is beautiful. Black joy is indestructible. Black joy is freedom. Freedom is resilience. Black joy is my joy. Black joy is essential. Black joy is sexy and real. Black joy matters. Black joy. You know, in February, Black History Month, a lot of the times, and actually the past two years, we've tended to shine a spotlight on injustices, dig up stories of despair, focus on atrocities, highlight in the systemic injustices that continue to exist today after 400 years of the presence of black Americans here in this country. And in the midst of all of that, no, probably because of all of that, there is a resilience that springs from joy, from black joy. Black joy is the very definition of what has enabled the resilience of a people to thrive well, first to survive, but then to thrive and influence the very nature of this nation. I would hazard to say even the world. The last few weeks, I've been shifting my attention from speaking to the necessary challenges of the transformational work we all need to do as individuals, as a community, as a nation, and lean in towards what is joyful about being black. And one of the things that really, really hit home to me was food. <laughs> Y'all know how much I love food. In case you don't know, I love food. And I was watching this. Have you guys seen this on Netflix, High on the Hog? If you've not seen this, please go home and start watching it today. This is a documentary series. It's only like six episodes about the influence of black food on the United States. Many of the dishes that 
we love and share sprung out of the black community of enslaved people. The expression of black joy is infused into the food that black enslaved people cooked, that free black people cooked, that black people to this day share. There's a reason they call it soul food. Because there is something in it that transports us to another time, place, world. Something that connects us. And the happiest moment that I experienced while watching High on the Hog was when they were talking about one of my favorite foods, mac and cheese. <laughs> Who loves mac and cheese? Can I get an amen? Mac and cheese. That is a trend. Listen, and let's be clear. I'm not talking about that nastiness that comes in the craft box, okay? That... <laughs> That's an atrocity. <laughs> Do you know how mac and cheese became a staple of American diets? It is due to the enslaved chef of Thomas Jefferson. His name was James Hemmons. Does that name Hemmons sound familiar? Yeah, he was the brother of Sally Hemmons. He was a teenager, and he loved cooking, and when Thomas Jefferson was appointed as the ambassador to France, and he took the Hemmons children with him, he enrolled James in the French culinary school. And then when they came back, James and Sally in tow, Sally with some kids, but that's a whole other story for another time. James got to work in the kitchen, and one of the meals that he perfected, he perfected, was mac and cheese. Or, as I learned when I was watching this documentary, because the host was actually in Monticello with a historian, with a food historian, and they were actually recreating the dish, and, and, and what they did was they, you know, boiled the pasta, Boil it in half water, half milk for a nice creamy texture. Layered it with some cheese and, you know, they put it in a, in a pot. But then they put that pot in a bigger pot, covered that pot with a lid, buried the thing in the coals and covered it with coals so that it baked. It was baked mac and cheese. And the historian said, or as they called it at that time, macaroni pie and my exuberance bubbled up. You know why? Because that's what we still call it to this day in Barbados. We still call it macaroni pie. <laughs> Separated by thousands of miles, somehow this and so many other dishes infuse with black joy and exuberance and talent and tears and sweat and wounds infused, and we share this dish. It is the thing I look forward to most when I go to Barbados, because my aunt cooks it like nobody's business. Macaroni pie. Look at that. I mean, look at that. Let's just stop for a moment. And like this, this this picture's a little blurry. Can we bring the house lights down a little bit so we can get the, 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 what about these? So, so we can, 
see the, the detail of the pasta and the cheese. And, and, and like words are going to fail me at some point because this is, this is black joy. Black joy is that current that unites all us descendants of enslaved people. It is what connects us to our ancestors. It is what is the source of our resilience. In the Bible, in the book of Nehemiah, the prophet says, do not grieve because the joy of the Lord is your strength. It is the joy that allows us and has sustained us to be the presence of resilience, of transformation, that allows us to continue to be who we are. Can you keep the lights down? Because I'm going to show another video. We're going to dive a little bit deeper. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into what joy is. Hold up. Are these just some regular degular black people having a good time? We love to see it. Today's baggage, black joy. Despite what the headlines might tell you, there's much joy to be experienced as a black person. And while there is no single definition for black joy, we know that the term is pretty much how it sounds. Black people of the diaspora experiencing joy, from the mundane to the ordinary. Black joy is everywhere. It's a collective experience and can even be an act of resistance. Today, black joy is all the buzz, but the concept behind this happiness is nothing new. Black folks have been creating joy for themselves in all sorts of ways for centuries. Those fly cornrows? Black joy. The black voters who showed up and showed out at the polls across the country and had a good time all doing it? Mm-hmm. That's black joy too. And Whitney Houston hitting that high note during Super Bowl 25 back in 91? Oh yeah, that was absolutely black joy. Even if you can't find its definition in Webster's Dictionary, black joy more than exists. And black folks are calling it out when we see it, especially in a world that perpetuates black trauma. In her 2016 film, 13th, Ava DuVernay chose to highlight black joy with a black joy sequence to parallel the documentary's overall heavy subject matter. In 2018, photographer Adrian Wahid published a photo book entitled Black Joy and Resistance, which captured stunning images of black joy and culture during events like Brooklyn's Afropunk Festival and the West Indian Day Parade. Black joy has even entered the hollowed halls of academia. Professor Andre Brock explores the subject in the digital space through his work, Distributed Blackness, and says that we're seeing this phenomena really make waves on social media, largely as a response to racial battle fatigue, or the exhaustion that black people feel from the onslaught of images of black trauma. That constant display of black death in your social media feeds, a space which is supposed to be a space that uplifts you and connects you, can lead to fatigue. It can lead to depression and despair. 
I think in many ways, the repetition of those images has led people to be cynical about whether they can make any change. Brock is an associate professor at Georgia Tech, who is also known for his pioneering research on black Twitter. You have to have moments of joy and find joy in your everyday life to be able to survive these moments of affront, these moments of injury and insult, right? And so I am deeply angry about the death of George Floyd. I'm angry about all those things, but there also is something that social media brings to us that allows us to not forget, but to simultaneously experience that joy and that anger in a way that helps us keep our humanity. Black joy can be multidimensional and contextual. It can be resistance to oppression, but it doesn't have to be. During the 2020 uprisings, we saw Black Joy manifest in the songs and dances of the protesters who stood up to the police killings of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Amanda Gorman broke the internet when she recited The Hill We Climb at the 2021 inauguration, a poem that was a sharp criticism of the Capitol insurrection and a powerful representation of Black Joy nonetheless. Skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president. Whether it's a song and dance, meditation, or a million other things, Black Joy is exactly what its intended audience needs it to be. And it takes on so many different forms online because it's so idiosyncratic. Some people love Tabitha Brown and her vegan cooking videos. Some people love watching different people attempt various dance challenges. I myself love to watch people signify and drag each other on Twitter, right? Everybody finds joy in different spaces, but the, the hallmark of those things is that they're doing these things for the pleasure, not for commodification, although commodification may end up being part of it, not as resistance always, although resistance is always a part of it when you talk about certain Black activities. Brock also says that Black joy comes from Black innovation. Jalea Harmon, the Atlanta-based teenager, made a new dance and created the Renegade Challenge. We also introduced new language. Brock points to Peaches Monroe, who created On Fleek. Abraz On Fleek. Or Kashawn Thompson, who created Black Girls Are Magical, which was shortened to Black Girl Magic. And Brock says that it's a sense of futility that drives our joy. I would argue that a lot of oppressed populations turn to expressions of joy and make them more potent because they understand that life is not promised to you, right? The next day is not promised to you. It is not celebration in the sense that we have in parades every day. It's celebration in the fact that despite everything you laid on me, I still find time to make love, to crack jokes, to do my baby's hairs. It's all those things we do, an expression and excess of life, I call it in my book. That is one of the hallmarks of Blackness through its creativity. And so that is, I think, part and parcel of joy, that celebration of being able to create and repair the hurts that have been done to us through our communal and individual actions. The idea is that Black folks gonna celebrate together. And Twitter's call and response nature makes it a perfect place for Black joy to flourish. Incessant versus memes, the 2020 Negro solstice, and the recreation of some of our favorite political moments prove this to be true. We got the last police station of the United States. On a different corner of the internet, Cleveland Cruz created another space for Black people to share joy, the Black Joy Project. How this all started for me was an intention around healing. Healed people heal people. And that we need more of that because a lot of us come into the world inheriting shit. We didn't experience slavery and all of these things personally, but we inherited the trauma of it. 
Cleaver Cruz created the Black Joy Project right after losing an uncle to an asthma attack and the fatal police killings of Eric Garner and Michael Brown in 2014. And as a member of the New York City chapter of Black Lives Matter, Cruz was present to a lot of black suffering. Cruz quietly committed to posting images of black people experiencing happiness on social media for 30 days. Cruz later went on to formalize the Black Joy Project. And it all started with one photo of Cleaver's mom. And I haven't looked back since. As of this morning, I would say that Black Joy is loving yourself unapologetically and to really encourage yourself and remember that you're stronger than any of the obstacles that you face. To laugh and smile and say, I'm, I'm fucking proud of myself. I love myself. To cry when you need to cry because it hurts. This existence is not one that's solely full of joy. Things do hurt personally and individually, but it's allowing yourself to live in all of that. The Black Joy Project has hosted pop-ups at events like Afropunk and other opportunities that have taken crews around the globe. Cleaver Cruz says that Black Joy is a way to explore the connection that we as Black people have. It's not a way to escape the suffering, rather it's a way to address the anti-Blackness, in the world. What I see as one of the most radical tools we have access to, which is imagination. In the moment where it's not even just about joy can be, I paid my bills, I have shelter, my mom is okay. That's something that we can share, that your joy is my joy. And then the moment that you're not experiencing it, I can support you in experiencing it. Part of why I kept going with the Black Joy Project is to hold up mirrors for the, those of us in Black communities that don't get to see ourselves enough. I'm a Black queer Dominican, and I don't get to see that enough in public space or in visual representation. Black Joy is a way to remind the world that we're here, and our joy does matter, and it's actually one of the keys for these revolutions and these changes that are necessary for the world that doesn't exist yet, that actually loves us back. Black people have survived the atrocities of history because of joy. We thrive because of joy, and we will continue to make moments of joy no matter what. Even in the face of white supremacy and systemic racism, we will continue to be black and joyous, just as we continue to fight for our liberation. Because it's so idiosyncratic. What the hell is the line? We will continue. What is the line? Hercules, 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 Hercules. Cut. You can bring the lights back up now. I thought we had a blank side there. Uh, so whether it's the words of the poet Amanda Gorman, the writings of Toni Morrison, whether it's the lyrics of Stevie Wonder, whether it's the lyrical mastery of Kendrick Lamar, the, the smooth delivery of Snoop Dogg, whether it's the brushstrokes of Romare Bearden or Kenda Wiley or, or John Michelle Basquiat, whether it is, it is the, the food of black chefs or your grandmother's cooking around the country, whether, whether, whether it doesn't matter what it is, there are moments of black joy to be found in black communities, among black peoples, and it radiates out to the rest of this world. And make no mistake, it is the seed of the divine. It is the seed of the divine in us all. Do not grieve, because the joy of the Lord is your strength.
to remember that. The joy of the Lord is your strength in the midst of all that you encounter. In the midst of all, find that seed of joy and allow that to be what nurtures you, sustains you. Let that be the seed of the resilience that you may need to employ. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Let us take this into meditation now. So again, if you are comfortable planting both feet on the floor, taking a deep breath, gently closing the eyes if that works for you. Then allow the breath to settle you here now in this place in the body. And invite you to bring to mind a moment that evokes joy. Whether it be your favorite dish, your favorite song, the memory of the first time you held a your child or your grandchild. Unwrapping that most memorable gift. The first kiss. Think of a moment that Whenever that moment comes to mind, a smile crosses your face. And know that beneath, beneath that energy of happiness is something deeper. It is that divine seed of joy Joy transcends suffering. Joy is the energy that infuses, enlightens, enlivens, and raises us up. Joy is what lets us know in the midst of all that we're going to be okay. The joy of the Lord.
is my strength. Divine joy is my strength. Divine joy is my strength. Let us meditate in silence on this truth for a few moments. Divine joy is my strength. Divine joy is my strength. Let us anchor ourselves in this truth as we go forth to be the embodiment of God. So it is, so we let it be. Amen.